reading of the word today comes from um, three different books in our Bible. I'm going to be referring to them in the sermon, but I wanted you to hear them. Acts 1, 9, 11. When he had said this, and they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up towards the heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into the heaven. 1 John, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the toning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Our gospel comes from John 14, 1 through 3. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, so that where I am going, there you may be also. The word of God for the people of God. God. You know, every Protestant stands on the shoulders of Martin Luther. He is a well-known, well-scholared, educated theologian. But he has written that every time he read the scriptures... He would think, what does this mean? He would think, what does this mean for me? And on this, the Sunday that we celebrate the ascension of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we ask, what does this mean for me? What does it mean? Have you thought about that? Did you even know it was Ascension Sunday? What does it mean? You know, Jesus finished on the cross with the words, It is finished. It is finished. But was his work then truly finished? So few of us actually experience the luxury of completing all of our tasks, to even having a productive day that we're able to proclaim, it is finished. Most of us have that unlending list. We make a list and then we get so far down it and we start over again. Some of you have a honeydew list that is never ending. I'm pretty sure. They always find one more thing to add to it. 
is it ever finished? Very few of us fold our arms and just say, it's all done. It's all good. It is finished. But our Lord and Savior could proclaim that. Jesus could say, it is finished. Everything is done. Forty days after Easter, Jesus brought his disciples to the Mount of Olives. Forty days from Easter to the ascension, Jesus prepared the disciples for the work that he had laid out for them to do. On the mount, Jesus blessed them, then ascended into the heavens. We all know the story, into a white cloud and was hidden from them, from their eyes. Instead of being sad, the scriptures tell us the disciples were filled with joy. What does it mean? What does it mean? Perhaps we are stating the obvious. But so many times the obvious needs to be stated. God the Father sent his only son into the world, his only begotten son, to save the world from eternal death, to save humanity from the wages of sin. <coughs> he sent Jesus to rescue us <coughs> for heaven. The fact that Jesus ascended, returned to heaven, means that Jesus clearly then had completed his work that had been laid out for him. It is finished. Really, if we just sit quiet for a minute and think to ourselves deep down inside, way deep down inside of our sinful nature, lurks that same question that the rich young ruler asked of Jesus when he said, Teacher, what do I need to do so that I may have eternal life? We desperately need, we desperately want that assurance of heaven. We're seeking something, some sort of work to assure us of this salvation. Oh, if only I had stronger faith. If only I cared a little bit more. If only I prayed a little bit more. If only. All of those things are natures or attitudes of a Christian person who is maturing in their faith. And they're all good things. But not if you're doing them for the wrong reasons. Not if you're doing them in hope that you're going to earn some sort of peace of mind. That you're going to earn some sort of assurance. 
regarding heaven. There is no work that you can do to bring this assurance. Jesus has completed the work. Jesus has paid the price. It is finished. There is nothing left undone. If there was anything else that he had left undone, trust me, he would not have ascended into heaven. Everything is done. Everything is completed. And since it is finished, your debt of sin has been transferred to the account of Jesus. And in turn, the righteousness of Christ has been transferred to your ledger, to your account. There is no wonder, no wonder Jesus ascension gave his disciples such joy. And as we're gathered here, worshiping on this Sunday, shouldn't we be experiencing that same joy? It is finished. Last Sunday, we said it in our Nicene Creed. We said a version of it this morning. We hear it in John 1. He has risen. He sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. What does it mean? We have an advocate in Jesus Christ the righteous who is sitting with the power at that right hand of the Father. Do you give that a lot of thought when you say it? Those words should never just come rolling off of our tongue. We need to give them some thought. You know, it's our culture in this country to have someone speak for us, a lawyer, a defense lawyer, many times. So can you picture in your heart that Jesus is pleading for you at his Father's throne? I'm sure in your prayers you make a confession of where you have fallen short, where you continually fall short, the glory of God, where you have allowed sin in your life. Sometimes it happens to be we see the same prayer that we're praying, asking forgiveness for the same sin that we seem to keep committing. We have to wonder... God in his heaven, will his mercy run out for me? How many times will the Father forgive me for this? But there is Jesus at the right hand, advocating, interceding for those who know him as their Lord and Savior. Does Father see this one right here? I've already paid his debt. I've already paid it. I bore that sin on the cross. Father, it is finished. 
because Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father. He is the advocate. He is the one who has paid our price in full. We are pardoned. It is finished. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. You will be pardoned before the throne. It is finished. So what does this ascension really mean for you? What does it mean for us? It means Jesus' life completed, his work completed. The work he had here on earth is completed. It means we have an advocate sitting at the right hand of the Father. It means Jesus will come again. As followers of Christ, we say this as the mystery of faith every time we do our communion liturgy. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. So we wonder, I wonder, continue on in Acts and you read, why are you standing here on this earth looking up toward heaven? Why are we so consumed with Jesus' coming again? Look, we know our God is a God who keeps his promises, so we know he's coming back. The New Testament is not about Jesus' return. That is not the focus. The New Testament's focus is on how all those who consider themselves to be believers should be living their life until Jesus returns. That is the focus of the New Testament. Are you in the scriptures and are you living out the scriptures? The scriptures are very clear about this. We need to live our lives in a way that people yearn to have what we have. They see it in us. In a world that hungers and thirsts for the righteousness and for the relationship that the followers of Christ have with the one who created them. That's our challenge. That is our call. It's not to know the time or the reason or the season of his return. We are not called to be standing around looking up toward the sky. That is not your call or your challenge. In 1780, in the Connecticut House of Representatives, they were meeting, and the sky grew unbelievably black. It was so dark they could not even see. And many of them ran to the windows in great fear that it was 
the end. Colonel Davenport, who happened to be among one of the legislators of Connecticut, stood up and said, bring the candles forward. If it is the day of judgment, why are you sitting in fear? If it's my day of judgment, I'd rather be found here working than sitting here in fear. And that is the challenge for us. Rather than fearing what is to come, we are called to be faithful Christians. Instead of fearing the dark, we are to be the candles, the points of light that go out into the world, pointing others to the way of Jesus. Our Lord's words to his disciples, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus' disciples saw visibly him rise into the heavens. Jesus had closed sin's accounts. When you repent, when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, your sin account is closed. He is interceding on your behalf. He is your advocate in the heavenlies. Jesus' ascent into heaven gives us comfort and confidence because we know he will return. For those who have sought Jesus for salvation, who've accepted him as the Lord and Savior, there will be no fear. Take solace in your Lord's words to his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. He says, believe in my Father. Believe in me. Believe in my Father's house. There are many dwelling places. He tells us, if it were not so, would I be there preparing a place for you? Would I not be coming back for you. Those words are spoken, I think, so tenderly by our Savior before he descends into heaven. Do not be afraid, he says. Believe in God. Believe in me also. In this world, there will be trouble. There will be sorrow. Jesus shares these words of comfort. I am with you always. I will never leave you. I am preparing a place for you. I will come again. I will take you to myself. So what does the Lord's ascension mean? It means we have an advocate interceding on our behalf. We have the assurance that, yes, he will come again. We say it. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. He has prepared a place for you. 
it is finished. Amen and amen. Thank you.